Ending up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. You have joined me on November the 29th. This is episode 312 and it is a Texas, Texas Tuesday. Before we go any further, let me just tell you, we're going to be talking about some ideas of things that we could do if and when the time comes that we reassert our independence and become an independent nation, a republic once again. Before we go down that path, let me just remind you and thank you for listening. I ask you to subscribe and share the show. Let your friends know. If you feel particularly enthusiastic, you can comment, you can rate, and you can email or text me about the show. I'd be happy to read your responses. Every little bit helps. The more uh, shares I get, the more downloads I get, the more uh, listeners I get, the better job of executing the (laughs) plan for liberty in Texas, right? We got to get these uh, alternate voices out. We need to be heard and there is lots of work to do. Here we go on with the show. All right. If and when we would somehow get the Texas legislature to approve the referendum on the ballot for should Texas reassert its uh, independence or should Texas seek to declare independence once again and become a republic. Um, I support this. I think it's a great idea. I think it gets a good read on the person, places, and areas that are most interested in this. It also allows for educational opportunities. Now, I am not having a whole lot of faith that the Texas legislature is going to allow this to happen. One, I think they have a vested interest in staying part of the union. Two, I don't think they really care what we the people think. And three, even if it should get through the Texas House and the Texas Senate, where we have sizable Republican majorities who were told by the Republican Party this last year that we support a referendum on independence, the governor will shoot it down. Being that that is the case and not wanting to be overly pessimistic, let me assure you there is one more option. There is another opportunity that we have not chosen to utilize yet. That is a convention. Yes, a state convention of our own, bringing in thousands of people from across the state of Texas, sitting down and gathering the initiative to see whether or not there's adequate support for a declaration of independence for Texas. And we can put that forth and submit it and they can choose to ratify it or not ratify it. There is historical precedence for this. It happened in the 13 colonies when they declared their independence. It happened in the Southern states when they chose to part ways with the union. It happened when Texas chose to leave Mexico. Not everywhere, not every time, but there is a historical precedence for this. We should not be afraid and we should not allow ourselves to be manipulated by a few people that we trust to run our government when they have a vested interest in, quite frankly, not doing what we would like them to do. We allow ourselves to be dependent upon these people because we want to trust that they're going to listen to us. I gotta be honest with you, my faith is shaken. My trust is low. Be it for my own representatives that come out of Collin County, I have 
zero faith that any of them will champion the cause. And we're not even asking for them themselves to support Texit, just support the opportunity for us to vote on it in a referendum. And for my trouble, I've been called seditious and a traitor in case you haven't heard that before. It is a badge of honor I wear courtesy of one of my Texas house reps. But be that as it may, I will tell you that I would put up my life and sacrifice and service to that individual's any day. Okay, what do we look at? Blue sky. Texas has just become an independent nation. Texas is sitting down to draft its new constitution. And we found the best individuals in the state of Texas, which is now a newly independent republic, to sit down and draft out what could be in our constitution. Now, there are lots of things we could do here and lots of ways to look at this. But one of the things that seems to be lost all the time on people is our constitution for Texas was set at a specific number, which quite frankly doesn't work any longer when you've got north of 30 million people here. Do you really think that 33 senators can adequately represent 33 million people? Call me dubious. Do you think that 150 state reps are equally capable of representing north of 200,000 people each. Again, call me dubious. But that's what we're working with right now. We're trusting that these people are doing what we want them to do. I'm not seeing it. What I do see is a manipulation of the system. I see an abuse of power that continuously goes on. But how can we fix that? Okay, fair question. Well, there's a number of different things that could be investigated. So idea number one, I have already thrown out there once before, and I've had a little more time to think about it and tweak it and see how it might work best. So I would suggest to you in the state Senate, every county with more than 500,000 people in it gets a state senator. And if there is a county that has less than 500,000, it will be joined with contiguous counties until it reaches 500,000 and then they will get a state senator. Now keep in mind as of right now each each state senator represents approximately 2 million 2 million people if we divide it equally. It's not, but for the sake of argument, let's say it is. Because 150 times 2 well, you know what? Let's do the math. Let's do the math. I'm going to pause. I'll be right back. Boy, oh boy, did I jack up my math there. (laughs) So each state senator has about a million people they answer to. And each state rep has about 220,000 people that they listen to. Let's tweak that down. Let's bring twice as many state senators minimum. Right. If we can drive that down to a half a million, I think that's pretty good. So each county that has at least a half a million gets a state senator. Now, you'll note 
that if you have more than a million, you don't get more than one state senator. You just get one. And the contiguous counties have to add up to a, a half a million people total. Now, here's where it gets a little more interesting. Now, being that my math was off by an order of magnitude, <laughs> 2 million <laughs> to only 200,000, it was off 10 times. Forgive me for the math people out there. They caught my error. You know, that's what happens when you try and do stuff off the top of your head. 200,000 people per state rep. I think that I think we could do better than that. I think that we should look at double that. So instead of 150, let's go with 300. And better than that, let's do for every 100,000, you get another state rep. So that would leave us with about 330 state reps. Now, I know that's a big number. I know maybe it's a little concerning, but here's where it gets interesting. Every city, every city that has north of a million people, instead of, and we're going to give them an option, instead of having, in this case, 10 state reps, we'll give them the option. They can have an extra senator for that city. So the city itself, regardless of the county, the city itself would get a state senator. But they would essentially be trading in a state senator for five house reps. And it's a formula that would change. So every time we do the census and redistrict, the, the each city would have an opportunity to essentially trade in five house reps for a state senator. Because remember, the counties only get one state senator, period, once they reach 500,000. So the city within that county could essentially add another state senator to the county that they're in. So, for instance, Dallas, uh, the county has well over a million people and the city I think has north of a million people off the top of my head. I'm, I'm again, but say the city of Dallas has 1.1 million people. They would get 10 house reps or actually 11 house reps, but they could choose to trade in one of those house reps to get an extra state Senator. Now the interesting thing is, is in a city like Dallas, they would essentially have, let's be honest, eight or nine state house reps that are Democrats to one or maybe two Republicans, maybe. And we're going to assume the county of Dallas will have a state senator that's a Democrat. But if they trade that in, they now add another state senator that's a Democrat. They give up the five in the house. I mean... I think it's a pretty fair trade for each district to make that decision every 10 years. You can do A or you can do B. It's interesting. And I think it would allow for a more balanced representation program. I think it would also protect the rural areas from getting run roughshod by the metro cities, which is we're on the cusp of that happening in 
Texas right now, we have four large metro areas that are starting to affect the overall outcome of elections at the state level. And I, I, for one, am not a fan of that. I mean, I saw what Chicago alone did to Illinois. I see what the Milwaukee Madison does to Wisconsin. You can see kind of what happens in Indianapolis. If they push um, hard enough, they can flip Indiana. I mean, you could deal with a city or, I mean, a state like Ohio where they have the three C's, Columbus, Cleveland, and um, Cincinnati, and then they kind of balance each other out a little bit. And then you've got Pennsylvania with the two P's, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, right? And they say everything in between is Alabama. (laughs) But I just, I think we want to protect individual rights. And one of the ways you do that is by taking away power from the cities. The cities don't breed individual responsibility. They don't cause people to want to achieve independence. It breeds dependence. So the other thing that we could look at and exploring is a semi-autonomous region, if you will, the a free city, if you will. You know, in Europe, they had what they called imperial cities. They were separate from the surrounding areas and they had their own special rights of how they could do things. But the flip side was, is their authority was limited to their city. They couldn't push out onto the surrounding areas, but they had a different set of rules. I mean, and if you look at it, I'm by changing up the way the bicameral system works and by giving the cities the opportunity within the county to do certain things, we could set this up to where, hey, city of Dallas, uh, you can do certain things in the city of Dallas that maybe the surrounding areas don't want any part of. And so long as those people are in Dallas, they can partake in those. But once they leave, they're now subject to the laws outside of Dallas. So a kind of a semi-autonomous region. And we could do the same with Houston and San Antonio and perhaps even Austin. In Austin, as the capital city, you could set it up similar to how we did D.C., although we can see the mess that D.C. has turned into. So I'm not sure that's ideal. The other thing we could look at is having the legislature meet in a different city every other year. That could be interesting. Kind of move that seat of power around and spread load where things are at. I mean, especially if they're the semi-autonomous cities, they could host the legislature for that session. Good, interesting. Or, or consider right now we are dependent on voting, which is, let's say, wrought with errors. We still don't have an answer in several states. And the ranked choice voting has been shown to be a complete mess in Alaska. But, you know, that's what the people want. That's what they're going to get. I'm merely suggesting in Texas we might want something different. So you look at it and I wonder how hard would it be to do a regional transportation system then, right? You can pay a fee to cross somebody's land, but you don't get to own it. And you could do theoretically your bullet train or whatever you want to call it, or you could do um, short flights, right? Because we don't have to deal with the FAA. We could do uh, cheaper routes, 
We could do little puddle jumpers. You know, this is basically how um, Love Field is still in existence, right? I mean, if it wasn't for Southwest Air, there would be no Love Field. But their whole idea was, is we're going to just do these little short routes and we're going to service the business people. Okay? So we've got semi-autonomous cities and you're going to bump back and forth and include Austin in the mix. I mean, you got a four-pointed... Uh, or I guess a triangle with a point in the middle. It's plausible. You could have a transportation, you know, corridor built upon that. I personally would love to see, you know, 35 or 45 converted to a limited access speedway outside the city limits. And, you know, Every, I don't know, 50 miles or something, there's an exit and not in between there. And part of it's got to be elevated to allow people to go underneath without a problem. And the state doesn't own the land. They lease it from the owners. Just saying. Got to pay your dues, if you will. And while we're doing that, we could look at how do you do defensive packs, right? So if you've got the city of Dallas and they're going to run their city differently than the surrounding areas they ought to have their own police force that works for them perhaps it's the sheriff's department that's on i don't know steroids for lack of a better word and they're beefed up and they they have uh you know their own defense forces and they do their own recovery because keep in mind we're now an independent republic we're going to have the texas rangers basically being the state police they'll be doing the part of the stuff that the FBI used to do that was actually appropriate and we would keep them from doing all the stuff that the FBI currently does that is wholly inappropriate. I don't think we necessarily need a spy network, but you never know. I'm sure we would have them. I mean, there's just a framework of different things we could look at. I mean, we're going to have our own coast. We could develop it much better than what it's currently being developed and we can get rid of the various federal agencies that seek only to prevent anybody from doing anything interesting. I think Texas has a lot of value in that Gulf Coast and they would want to protect it, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be developed and exploited appropriately. And to think that you can replace oil and gas with wind farms and solar panels is a pipe dream, but I'm not saying you shouldn't do any of those things, but if you take away those subsidies, it just... It's no longer cost-effective, and anybody that runs the numbers know this flat out. Uh, Senator Bob Hall's talk about a distributive system or a distributive network for power. Well, each independent or semi-autonomous city would be responsible for their own power. They could either connect to the network or come off, or they could interconnect at their pleasure. I think this is great. Make the city of Dallas, the city of Houston, the city of San Antonio, and quite frankly, Austin, for that matter, semi-autonomous. They're responsible for their own issues, their own problems. And once they leave, the other people that are surrounding them will deal with that stuff. And maybe, say you're Garland or Mesquite, and you see a value to joining Dallas. Okay, go for it. Nobody's going to tell you you can't. But may, maybe you're, uh, I don't know, Highland Park and Far North Dallas is right there. And Far North Dallas is like, you know what? We don't really want to be part of Dallas any longer. We're going to join with University Park. Why do, Why wouldn't you consider that? I mean, it's in Collin County, any further north than that, right? Maybe. 
there, there's a lot of things that could be determined to be beneficial to the group as a whole. But when you don't allow these conversations to happen, when you don't discuss the possibilities of moving borders because they're fixed forever, you get, you get caught in that cycle. But again, none of this is possible. I shouldn't say possible. This is highly improbable if you don't get your text in. Because everything goes on the table then. You can discuss all of these things. And if you're a semi-autonomous region and you want to go back and forth to, I don't know, let's say Colorado, where apparently getting high is now a way of life, and you're going back and forth to Dallas, what does the rest of Texas care? You stay in Dallas. Oh, you want to live outside of Dallas? Well, that's a problem now because, you know, you're smoking dope on the weekends. I, I, I don't know. I'm just using that as an example. I'm sure there's many other things that could be used as an example. I myself, I don't want to sleep over if somebody wants to smoke a little dope just because it, I look at it as the same as getting plastered on the weekend. Both of them are not productive or good ideas, but throwing somebody in prison for that, generally not going to have a positive outcome. So, but again, these are different things that you can talk about. Or, or for instance, right now, there are people that want to put casinos in. I don't necessarily think that's in the best interest of Texas currently, but if Texas goes independence and I don't know, there's some tribe that's along the line uh, of uh, the red river or maybe over by Louisiana and they have some land there. They want to convert it to a casino. I think that it would be only right for the independent Republic of Texas to recognize their sovereign authority over their tribal lands and let them do what they want to do. They could become their own semi-autonomous region, right? You're protected by Texas from invasion, but beyond that, you kind of do your own thing. I mean, I could potentially see where we would pick up other states that would want to be part of this. I mean, think about how much money we would save not having to carry the burden of the federal government. And quite frankly, if we can get rid of a good chunk of the state level burden, imagine people be free to do a lot of different things, but none of this is possible. If you're not willing to think outside of the box, you're not willing to look blue sky at opportunities that would exist. If you were to only have your own free country. Now we talk about the United States being the best place in the world to live. Okay, sure. Maybe that's true. But just consider the massive amount of surveillance. Consider the massive amount of abuse of power. Consider the fact that the federal government pays zero attention to the Constitution, which is supposed to be the governing law of the land. Don't get lost on the fact that we have bureaucrats in D.C. that have never set foot in Texas that think that they know what's best for Texas. I have a problem with that. I had a problem with it when I lived in Wisconsin as a young man. I didn't understand why the state of Wisconsin really was overly concerned about what was going on in D.C. because we're supposed to be a state, right? We're supposed to be the sovereign here, right? Now, keep in mind the DNR, Department of Natural Resources in Wisconsin, was every bit as tyrannical as anybody coming out of the state, EPA, or OSHA ever was. But it didn't matter. They at least had a set, a set of rules and the state government had the ability to reel them in if they exceeded their authority. And on very few occasions, apparently they did. But nobody can rein in the Bureau of Land Management, the EPA, 
I mean, even even the Supreme Court of these United States said, well, actually, EPA, you don't really have the authority to do that. But that didn't stop them. They said, well, actually, ATF, you don't really have the authority to do that. Well, that didn't stop them. Again, we can fix a lot of these issues and curtail a lot of abuses if we would just be willing to say, let's text it. But if you're not willing to have these discussions and you're not willing to consider the opportunities that are there, I don't know what to tell you. It's there for the grasping. You just have to be willing to take a step. You have to be willing to trust that we in Texas know what's best for ourselves. We don't need the federal government to run our lives. Quite frankly, we don't need Austin to run our lives either. And I honestly think one of the best outcomes would be those states being, or those cities being semi-autonomous. They'll be far less concerned about mandating things at the state level if they can do their own thing in their own territory. Just my thought on the matter. We want to devolve. Less government is better. Smaller territories is better. What better way to accomplish that than you get your Texas and then set up a half a dozen semi-autonomous regions that are part of Texas as far as defensive packs and as far as um, a contiguous area, but they have the freedom to do certain things. You know, I always hear the bad words about Houston's unplanned city. I've been to Houston a couple of times. I thought it was rather interesting. I thought the lax building codes led to some really interesting things. And it's not like these things are poorly built or they're knocked over. I mean, this place gets hurricanes and every few years, certain things get scrubbed away. But strangely enough, they build new things and they try new things. And it's a very interesting city. Now, I myself am not interested in living in Houston, but if that's your thing, you should check it out. But that's something you can do when you have liberty. That's something you can explore when you have a free state. I think I've covered everything I wanted to do for today. I really appreciate you all checking in, listening. Again, this is this is just supposed to be a little speculative fiction, if you will. And an enjoyable way to look at things that could be. We'll probably do some more of these as time goes on. But after the first of the year, the focus is going to tilt. We have local elections that are going to become very important. They're going to require some time and some thought and some education. I don't believe there's a panacea that's going to fix everything. But I do believe we have to be willing to talk about opportunities to improve things and changing things from the way they are to the way they could be. And I'd ask you to join me along on this journey as we continue on according to Callus. And as always, let me tell you, everything you hear here is based on my opinion, on my understanding of the facts, on my interpretation of things that I've seen, read, or overheard. And as always, just because I say it doesn't mean it's 100% accurate. I want you to go out and double check. I want you to go out and investigate for yourself if you find that I got something wrong, let me know. I want to know if you find that I got something right and you want to tell me, Hey, good job, Steven. Appreciate your work. I like that too. And with that, I will see you on the other side.